Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, Kid Presentable. Not always here, but mostly here. Yeah. Uh, no Lavender Gooms this week, um, who's actually still at work, which if you guys weren't aware, we record this thing on Monday nights. It is 6.30 p.m. in the West Coast. Mike's in New York. 9.30. Still at work. That's slave labor. Slave labor. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't get paid. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to talk about a good amount of fights. Uh, not all of them super consequential, but enough of them piquing our interest at uh, prompting a discussion. We're going to talk about uh, this UFC card back uh, at the TD Garden in Boston. Uh, it's happened this past Friday. Dominic Reyes, Chris Weidman. Um, we're going to preview the UFC going to Singapore. And by preview the UFC going to Singapore... I mean, we're talking about exactly two fights. Um, we're going to talk about Bellator doing that thing where they put on two events in the same place on back-to-back days because, sure, let's just do it. Um, do that, uh, a little bit of uh, stuff we like. Um, first off, Dominic Reyes, Chris Weidman. Marcus, we put it out there, I think a couple times on this show, um, that... I don't think any of us thought the answer to Chris Weidman losing a bunch of fights was to fight people who hit harder. Um, that was not great for him. Uh, people who missed it, why don't you talk about Dominic Reyes' probably most perf- impressive performance in the UFC so far? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and to kind of go back to Weidman a little bit, he, he did a lot in this fight in the short amount of time he had. Um, and he really came. He, he, he really came at Dominic Reyes. You can tell he was motivated. He pretty much shot immediately trying to get this fight to the ground, which I think was probably his best strategy. You know, you don't want to stand up with a big guy like Dominic Reyes, who has really heavy hands. Um, So he tried to initiate a wrestling match. He was kind of able to ground Dominic for a second, but Dominic was able to work his way back up. And once they got back to the feet, you know, Chris Wyman was really putting a lot of pressure. He was coming forward and Dominic Reyes, as he was backing up, made that one stop pivot and threw a beautiful, I think it was, a, I think he's right-handed, a right cross that, lit Chris Wyman up, um, flattened him out. Uh, Dominic Reyes was able to follow up with some hammer fists and seal the deal. Um, but yeah, like you said, Bobby, easily his biggest performance, his best performance, you know, um, being the main event here. Chris Wyman moving up in weight, but still a recognizable name and, you know, someone that people were kind of interested in seeing potentially what he could do at light heavyweight. I know we've talked about this in the last year. It seems to be somewhat of a common thing. We're seeing a lot of these middleweight guys uh, make the move up to light heavyweight and these fighters having kind of mixed results. We've seen what I consider to be more journeyman type fighters with um, Anthony Smith and Tiago Santos do extremely well at light heavyweight. And then we've seen some of the top contenders at middleweight move up to light heavyweight and do very poorly like Luke Rockhold and Chris Weidman. Uh, You're muted, Bob. Yeah. It seems like uh, that, we're kind of learning that stuff for some of these guys. The weight cut maybe was an issue, and for the other guys, cutting weight wasn't your problem necessarily. Yeah, and I think in this instant, because I remember when we were having this discussion last week, 
uh, Stefan, you know, he was his pick was kind of based on, you know, is Chris Wyman the new Luke Luke Rockhold, um, you know, of the light heavyweight division? And he basically said as much when he found out he got knocked out. Um, but I, what I would say is that I think Wyman looked a little bit better in this performance than Luke because I think I think that's just really Luke did not look good because he had a lot of minutes in there with Jan Blotzowicz and he was ineffective pretty much everywhere. Whereas Wyman was, you know, maybe a little over aggressive and got caught. Um, so, you know, I don't, I'm not expecting too much from Weidman going forward, whether he stays at light heavyweight or decides to move back down. I think this could be the demise. Um, but I'm more sure of that with Luke than I am with Chris uh, Weidman. I, I could chalk this up to him fighting an extremely, you know, uh, excellent fire in Dominic Reyes, who might be coming into his own here. Um, and also just, you know, heavy, uh, a much bigger opponent with heavy hands, just catching them flush whereas with luke we kind of just saw him dominated in every aspect of the game which left a much worse taste in my mouth but i'm not feeling too hot on wyman either now yeah um steph um since mark brought up the name rockhold um i'm gonna ask your opinion on dominic reyes getting a getting that big w here but also this one i just mark just mentioned it so i looked it up since wideman and rockhold um flat out beat the crap out of each other um back in december in 2015 they are a combined two and seven in the octagon. So, um, yeah. Do the two uh, belong to Weidman? Um, Weidman choked out Gastelum and Rockhold knocked out David Branch. But yeah, okay, it seems okay. like they both kind of left something in the cage that night, man. But uh, your thoughts on that and Dominic Reyes' performance? I don't think. When you go back to that fight, they didn't crack each other like super hard, you know? It was like a body kick that felled Weidman. It's not, it's not like the Rory and Robbie war where you're like, okay, yeah, they left a piece of their soul. It was a, it was a good fight, but like it was grappling and kick heavy. Uh, yeah, no, they're just broken. Um, I'm not hot on Reyes. He's still undefeated, but like this is one of those. It's, it's an impressive performance, right? You, you still did it. You still have to knock someone out, but. To me, it still feels like fool's gold just because going into this, the narrative to me was, is Chris Weidman washed? And he kind of looks like he is, you know, um, picking off ask- a bunch of like, you know, one time legends at the tailspin of their careers. Like, yeah, he's he's Glass Joe, just like uh, or should I call him Glass Luke? You know, like they're chinny as hell. It was one clean punch. And like other people, when I was reading the aisles, they're like those hammer fists, he hit him on the ground. They didn't. He wasn't super postured up. They weren't super clean. They kind of came in from a side angle, yet they felled him all the same. And it's just he doesn't have the ability to take shots anymore. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, because I know you were back on Dominic Reyes in general. So I'm not saying do you think he's going to beat John Jones. Um, what I'm asking you is, is there any reason for them not to book him and John Jones at this point? I mean, if you want to see the – I know Johnny Walker's got a fight coming up in the next month or two. But if you want to get the thing rolling – then everyone conceivable is booked or, you know, like will need further time. He, he's the freshest body available. That's not uh, the one that knocked out Luke, but that's an even less sexy of a name than Dominic Reyes at this point. Um, I don't see this. I don't Blockowitz? get the point of them. Is that who it is? Yeah, I don't no. get the thing where they're having Block. Is Blockowitz fighting? Is he fighting Anderson or is he fighting Jacare? He's fighting Jacare. Okay. At least they're not fighting each other. There's like three guys in this weight class that I'm like, he could fight Johnny Walker. He could fight Blockowitz. He could fight uh, Dominic Reyes. And I guess he could fight Corey Anderson. There's four guys. He has no one else to fight. So let's just not have them lose, if possible. That's all I'm saying. Um, 
I, I did want to mention that, you know, I, it seems like Steph wasn't super impressed with Dominic Ray still not on board. Um, I, I have to say that right straight was really good. And that is a, a tool that can be extremely effective um, throughout his career. Being able to throw a power punch like that when someone is coming at you and you're backing up is not an easy feat to do. And that could be a really strong weapon. I mean, Chuck Liddell fucking made a career out of that fucking thing. So if Dominic Reyes can do the same like like he did with Wyman consistently with over aggressive fighters, I I did he his stock definitely raised for me. I, I you know I think you could look at Wyman and see that he's definitely on the tail end and he's moving up and there's a lot of X factors. But I was impressed with the technique that he used to to get the fight to the ground. And yeah, I think the finish wasn't you know super great. It was just hammer fist. Wyman was already out. He just needed to touch the chin again to turn the switch off. Um, but I, I was impressed, and I'm more convinced that Dominic Ray is is you know of someone that that is is worthy of talking about in the in the title picture. And it seems right now, like you were mentioning, Bobby, um, a lot of the other top contenders are kind of um, you know on the back burner. They have other fights booked, and obviously, I think the UFC books a lot of title fights off of really impressive performances, and this was a really impressive one. So I, I don't think that right streak is going to come into play with John Jones because Jones doesn't really aggressively chase guys like we saw Weidman do. But, you know, for me, it, it adds a wrinkle that I don't think John Jones's hands are very good. He well, he's, he's a big by... kid too, Marcus. Like, this guy's long. And the only yeah. people who ever had success with Jones ever, have, I mean, we're talking about, like, two guys. But, like, <laughs> success with him is, like, people who are long at all. It's worth mentioning, um, I think with Dominic Reyes, my opinion, I don't think we learned anything that new because – He's, I, the things that are, for me, the things that stand out that would be a problem for him are more so that he got, has got about seven minutes of energy. And if he can put John Jones down in seven minutes, that's awesome, but he won't. So, um, he's going to have to be there for the next 18. So we'll see. Um, co-main event, Stefan, um, this was just awesome. And at the end of it, I kind of felt a little robbed that we didn't get five rounds of it like we were supposed to. But Yair and Jeremy Stevens sorted things out the way people sort things out in this sport. And that's just standing in front of each other and swinging, huh? Uh, yeah. I mean, you kind of you got what both brought to the table. Um, I think early on, Yair was dominating with kicks. Uh, he really kept that range. It was just his more dynamic movement, his dynamic striking. Uh, Jeremy Stevens, he kind of looked like fighters do when they start getting faced out of the sport where he's swinging at air and he's just chasing the whole night. Um, you know, he even, I, I, I can't remember the strike that really nailed him that almost made it a 10-8 round. What was he that really rocked with? Liver kick. Yeah, Liver kick. But, but at some point he decided... This isn't going to affect me anymore, is the weird part. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like I said, so you know, Yair brought what he brings to the table, which is his like, dynamic striking and athleticism. Um, but it's why the line was so close. It's why I can talk myself picking a guy like Jeremy Stevens. And it's why everyone who kind of chastised him for wanting out of the fight from an eye poke is wrong. It's not an opinion. You are just wrong. You are factually incorrect. Jeremy Stevens is one of the toughest guys in MMA. This guy never quits. The guy is willing to go out on his shield. And you saw that in his fight is the fact that he made it competitive. You know, you guys were talking about, did you score that round 10, eight, but you're like, Oh, Jeremy Stevens kind of came back at the end when Yair blew his wad. He was kind of like swinging on him while he was on top and like, yeah, he, he doesn't quit. You know, you give him an inch to breathe. He, he'll take it, you know, um, pretty much a unanimous decision. It, it's still the tale was, you know, he was, he was, he was lit the fuck up. Jeremy Stevens needed to get the finish. 
um, wasn't quite there. The gas tank was wiped out. You know, getting your ass kicked for two and a half rounds will take a lot of energy out of you. And Yair at that point, he was too spent to finish or chase. And at, at a certain point, it just became survival and run out the clock for him. But um, it was nice to see the two of them hug at the end. Um, they clearly squashed whatever what was going on. Um, and that's what you like to see. Um, it's kind of well, one of the worst things when people are still being punks after a decision. What was that um, Don Fry quote where he said, we talked about the Ken Shamrock feud, where he said something like, man, if you go fight somebody for 20 minutes and you're still mad afterwards, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, um, yeah it was honestly, I, I, I came out of this one, honestly, Steph, I was just like, if this went 25 minutes in Mexico City, I'm not sure Yair gets the win. Um, but I also don't know if he throws as hard as he does with yeah, that much like stay, yeah. the, the altitude will take it a lot out of all of it yeah. a lot sooner. But um, yeah, it, it definitely would have been interesting because the tide was turning towards Jeremy. You know, Jeremy, he's got that old school heart. He, he I mean, he slows down. Everyone slows down, but he never seems tired. He, he still seems willing to fight. Whereas Yair was clearly on the road to like completely gassing out. So yeah, could Jeremy have done something interesting in 10 minutes? Maybe not get the finish at that point, but he might have stolen a decision in a five round main. Um, um, so yes, kind of what could have been. Marcus, uh, real quick, I think if nothing else, we have another, we have Jeremy Stevens throwing his hat in as a contender for the BMF title. Uh, sure. I mean, he fights, <laughs> fight, so I guess that's in line with these guys that go for the BMF. Yeah, exactly. The you gotta <laughs> always have at least 20 losses. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for, for me in this fight, I mean, one, I think, you know, maybe shortlist, I think we should nominate, this should be in the nomination of fight of the year. I thought oh, for sure. Fantastic. It was action packed from, uh, from bell to bell. Um, and I'd never been more frustrated wanting a fight to have pride rules. Because there were so many times when Yair hurt Jeremy Stevens that he was kind of just on his knees. And you can see Yair was like, oh, no, can't name him, can't name him, can't soccer kick. And it was just like, oh, man, if he had those rules, that it would have been a vicious fucking finish. And it was funny because I saw Angela Hill, I guess after the fight, said, pride rules, Jeremy Stevens would have won. And I was like, man, pride rules, he would have got knee to oblivion in that second round. And I would have loved to see it. It just, it sucked to see Yair goes so hard for he he chased that finish for like three solid minutes just throwing like heavy hammer fists and to jeremy's credit you know like steph said it's not just that he's tough and he can take the punishment he's smart he knows that he can't just sit in one position and get bombed on even if he's defending the shots and they're not hurting him he has to constantly move and that's what he was doing he was going to his back climbing up to his knees making yair work and at one point and i think the, the real failing for yair is just he did not it has happened so many times when guys, when you hurt someone to the body and they drop to the ground, they always try to go to the head to finish, which isn't the worst strategy because if you really crack the dude's liver, he's going to put his hands down and maybe you can get some clean shots to get the knockout. But you have to remember, like, he didn't go down because you domed him in the head real hard. He went down because his liver just released all the toxins in his body and he just had to shut down. So, um, you know, I think some better more calculated hits could have finished the fight, but it was an awesome fight. And uh, I think both guys are, I mean, it's just Jeremy Stevens. Sure. BMF. is just, yeah, I was <laughs> just up to one seventy, but uh, I mean, it's just, just like, just... Weird, like yeah, year is just someone that um, is really, he's coming into his own and this is a good fight for him where he got the nod, but he made some mistakes and he, he expended way too much energy. So this is something that he'll have to go back to the camp. And, it, and honestly, I, I feel like maybe, both of them just training for a five-round fight in Mexico City. Yeah, you thought that, like, okay, I can throw hard three rounds, 
and maybe didn't anticipate throwing constantly hard for three minutes straight and knocking the finish and how that would wear on the rest of the fight. I think this may be a learning experience, but I just like to see both these guys kind of grow. Um, Jeremy Stevens, maybe not so much. We know he's fucking tough. And like Steph said, you know, he'll wait for his moment. He'll, he'll let you beat on him for 14 minutes just to get that last minute to try to steal it away from you. So, yeah, action packed fight. So glad they got fight of the night because they deserve the extra uh, cash influx from having the the main event kind of get robbed from everybody. You know, it was a year's fault, but ultimately I'm glad that Jeremy Stevens got a good payday, even though, you know, he was on the losing end of this one. But yeah, awesome fights. So happy to see it. Um, yeah, uh, Mark's right. Contender for fight of the year right up there with that uh, Gastelum and uh, Izzy fight probably from back in, uh, I want to say April. April? Okay. I was going to say March, so. Um, we didn't really talk about him, so let's talk about it this week. Let's just talk about what happened here. Um, in between the last time he cheated, Greg Hardy fought two hand-picked opponents, and then he fought a third one, which looked like a combination of Roy Nelson and that guy who fought Jake Hager, Stefan. I'd say this guy's somewhere in between those two, right? You saw he, uh, he didn't win Mountain Dew. What's the Mountain Dew competitor? Red Bull? Uh, He's I a th- Red Bull contest no, I think he won a contest from Skull, and he had enough labels from enough packs of Chew that he mailed it in, and they said you can fight Greg Hardy. Um, Greg Hardy cheated. Just cheated. Uh, and I real, I mean, whatever. But then, like, I realized the whole point of Greg Hardy fighting when a friend of mine, um, who's not an MMA fan, is just like, hey, uh, what happened with Greg Hardy? He texted me? And I was like, oh, that's, that's why I got to watch a fucking you know, woman beater on the, in this sport. So I can get that random text. Um, yeah, he cheated. And, uh, I don't know, man. Like someone told him, someone didn't tell him how he cheated, Bobby. <laughs> oh, he, so many he, ways you can cheat. Inhaler. Oh, a knife on him. Okay. He used an inhaler and Dominic Cruz was beside himself. Like Dominic Cruz. <laughs> Steph, we were watching this. Dominic Cruz was just like, what is this? They make me take uh, tape off my feet when I go in there. And this guy can use an inhaler? It's the most upset I've seen Dominic Cruz on commentary. Yeah, they went to, uh, was it Ratner? To yeah. like, be like the outside official. Like, you're our retired judging, like, head. Like, what do you say here? Like, that is 100% absolutely illegal. And that's all he says. And, uh, yeah, it, we got inhaler gate. Uh, because apparently he asked some random person. Uh, not random person. It's one of the... Uh, not, not the commissioners. Who's it, Bobby? It's like I, he said it was a commissioner, but I think it was someone who just works there, like at yeah, the it's building. Like the person in like the red coat who kind of <laughs> does security around the cage. I guess like one and, of the, uh, the polar wearing guys. And like, well, I, I haven't verified this, but the sources who said for the people who watched like the video of the incident, supposedly as he's asking if he's allowed to, he's already grabbing the inhaler to take a puff of it, anyways. So it's like regardless of what they said, he was already doing it. They didn't file the the. Uh, was it the therapy use exemption? Well, also, you can't use it in the middle of the fucking fight. You can use it for, like, yeah. like, in, like he can have that system, the drug in his system. Well, I mean, I like that, uh, like, you know, he actually came and tried to defend himself in his use of it. And uh, it's like, but in doing so, he defined performance-enhancing drug. Like, he's like, I have asthma. This allows me to breathe just like you. It's exercise and do. So after a few minutes of exercise, it makes me hard for me to breathe. This just allows me to breathe like you. I'm like, yeah, but does he get stilts to be 6'5 like you? Does he get an extra four inches of reach like you? You have your advantages. You have your disadvantages. You're explaining how you're leveling one weakness you have to be someone else's, like, same as someone else's. I like uh, Dana White tried. Dana White tried to be, like, blaming one of his cornermen, which I guess Dean Thomas is one of his cornermen. And then, like, and Dana White starts starting to throw Dean Thomas under the bus. I'm just like, Dana, 
you're the reason I got to experience this freak show. Everything that does or doesn't come from this is entirely your fault. I don't care. Like, fuck you. All right. Dean Thomas is probably looking over like at shit, man. We let this guy do everything else. Maybe we let him do this too. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's my my takeaway is I'm all about the shot in Freud when it comes to Greg Hardy. That uh, for those who don't know Latin, that essentially means I take joy out of his uh, misfortunes. And uh, even when he wins, he loses. And I, I like that. If you're going to keep matching him up with overweight scrubs um, that don't really have a chance against him, um, I like to see that he keeps embarrassing himself by clearly never knowing what the rules to anything are. Marcus, um, just something I noticed watching the fight is like this guy gets tired and I don't think he's not in shape. But I think just want to put this out there to like being like a football player. I don't know the exact name for this exercise terminology, but like you got to be explosive for like 12 seconds and then you do nothing for about a minute and a half. And the same thing happens over and over again. It's a very different athletic experience than constantly moving for 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw like the beginning and end of this fight. And my, my biggest takeaway is that like, you know, Greg Hardy didn't smash this guy in the first minute. So, you know, this fight went to the decision and the parts I saw were just, I mean, I don't know if he was just, you know, trying to get more ring time because he hasn't spent, you know, he hasn't really gone to the, the, the deep waters very often. And maybe it's because he has asthma and needs an inhaler and he just can't last that long. But, um, yeah, from what I saw this performance, it was definitely, I think, you know, one of his worst showings. Besides maybe that he had that one fight where he threw the illegal knee, right? And I think yeah, that was the other that fight. So that was the last time he cheated. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think at this point, um, I want to see him against, you know, someone of name recognition. And I'm not talking about like a top 10 guy, but obviously he has the athleticism and, you know, we're a little iffy if he really has this, you know, a, a great skill set. We know that, you know, he can throw hard and he knows how to throw, but it's like, you know, how's this dude's grappling? How's his groundwork? You know, how's his clinch work? I, I think at this point he, he's gotten his, he's dipped enough toes in the water in the UFC to kind of know like, okay, he, he can bang with guys. So let's, let's, let's get in there and see a guy that we actually know that can maybe push him a little bit and, and see if he really has legs. Cause at this point it's almost, it, it's not quite to the, um, uh, what's the Bellator guy we always complain about? Venom Page. Yeah. It's not quite to that extent where it's been like eight years and it's like they're still tomato canning this guy, but we, he's gotten enough. You know, we, 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 we've banked on the, hey, this is Greg Hardy. He's a freak show. He played football. Let's get high ratings and watch him smash this guy. I think it's time that we see Greg Hardy versus someone that we know that has, you know, a valuable skill set that will actually be able to test him. And let's see how he actually does. Um, otherwise, I think this was just kind of a silly, weird thing. Uh, it being a no contest is kind of whatever. He didn't really, you know, blow anyone's sock off in, in this performance. You know, the dude hung in there, but none of them really hurt each other. So it was kind of just like a whatever match. But, you know, I think at this point, well, let's see if the guy can really uh, sink or swim. Uh, and I like to see him in there against someone with a Wikipedia page. And whether it's an old timer, an old vet or whatever, I just want to see him against someone I know so I can actually gauge this guy a little better. Um, I don't know if anybody of any importance listened to this podcast. Not to say you my fan, our fans are not important. Anybody who works for the UFC, if you happen to come across this podcast, I would like to see Derek Lewis fight Greg Hardy. Just putting that out there. That would if, be if great. I gotta if I have to watch Greg Hardy fight, I'd like it to be against Derek Lewis. Just whatever needs to happen. Jump. It's a bit of a jump, but I'm I think bored. I think I think everybody, short of Mr. Hardy himself and his loved ones, though probably some of them too, would feel great. About that fight. 
Just saying. I don't think it's a jump because I think that he was Greg Hardy. He was a big guy who hit hard. He just happened to keep hitting, like knocking out these like name brand opponents that were old. He's not any better of a fighter. He's not any more technical. He's a big guy who just swings hard. Well, like, yeah, let's, and let's have Derek Lewis whoop his ass. Well, he's um, tested and get, Greg Hardy isn't. So I want him to be tested. If it's just like this dude's just better at everything besides you and he has a lot more experience, it's like, well, I know he's going to get smoked. But hey, I, I, I'm all for it. I mean, shit. I, and I think that one you could definitely make as a main event for one of these smaller ESPN cards or ESPN Plus cards. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, all right, let's pick up the pacer because we spent 25 minutes talking about three fights. Joe Lozon beat a guy in a minute and a half in his hometown, and I really thought he was going to retire. But I just want to say real quick. Joe Lozon should go into the Hall of Fame just for the amount of entertainment he's provided me over the years. And shit, he can be in our Hall of Fame if they don't put him in the UFC one. Anybody got anything to say? <laughs> I like how I finished this fight. He got like this weird half Nelson trap. And it was one of those things where it wasn't like a TKO because he like hurt the guy super bad. It's like he got him in a weird fucking position. The dude it was the Lesnar, Frank Mir. Half Nelson. Oh, yeah, thing yeah, about yeah, yeah, it was very much like that fight. It was kind of cool. You, you don't see a lot of guys utilize that technique, so it was cool to see Joe Lozon get the win that way. You know, that's very yeah, that was, in his style. That wasn't my analysis. People who listened to the watch the fight heard the announcers say that, so don't be too proud of me, guys. <laughs> um, Steph, you know, you uh, while you it wasn't a clean like single shot, if you go, went to uh, the dude who lost, like his face from the reading decision, the swelling came on fast, oh, so yeah. there was a good amount of damage put on him. Um, Macy Barber says she's the future. She beats the crap out of people like this. Uh, Mark, what are we going to say? Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I was super impressed. And and mostly because we've seen Macy Barber fight a couple times. And I had just kind of completely forgot what her skill set was. And we just had so many high-level female grapplers come in. I just assumed she was a grappler. And they started grappling and she wasn't doing great. And then when she got back up and just started bombing on the girls, like, oh, shit, that's right. She throws fucking hammers. She throws hooks. Like fucking Tyson, and it was really cool. I mean, she broke the guard with her punches, and we've seen a lot of female fighters. I mean, we 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 criticize Holly Holm a lot, where she throws a lot of strikes, where she's not measuring them to really land and do damage. They're just kind of distance, and if it hits, great. But it really, it's just to kind of be active. And Macy Barber is fucking throwing those punches to land and do damage. And I mean, you can even say that about some some guy fighters. You know, like a lot of people throw punches just kind of with the whim of like, okay, I'm gonna throw this combination to get them to react, and maybe but like Mason Bar was like, no, I'm blowing through your fucking guard, and these hooks are landing, and it was really, it was a really uh, impressive performance. I guess all the talk now is that she she really wants to fight um, Paige Van Zant, and I think that's a great fight for her because I think she'd chew up Paige Van Zant, and that's yeah. a good name. So, good Marcus, fallout, I think. It's the Chael Sonnen biggest name, easiest fight. Exactly. I think it's smart. I'm not sure if she said this on the broadcast or I read it afterwards, but she said she was going to ruin Paige Van, Dan Van Zant's Instagram career. Yeah, I saw that headline. but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that, that headline. Yeah, I thought it was pretty yeah. funny. I yeah, thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree. I, I think that's a really intriguing matchup. I think that's a, a tough call for Paige. Um, but yeah, like, like Steph said, you know, that was a sm smart call out. You know, someone with a huge name that their skill set isn't going to be exactly, you know, your weaknesses. You should be able to blow by them and really build something off it. So very smart for, uh, you know, a prospect to kind of make that call. And hopefully they make that match. I think it's kind of intriguing. Steph, did you hear? Didn't I hear this a couple months ago? Didn't like her contract expire, Paige? And she wanted more money and she got a job right now? Or am I imagining all this? You remember hearing any of this? I think there was a dispute, but she's still under. She still talks about fighting for the UFC. 
from things I've seen, but she's also been in the news because she says she easily makes more money on Instagram than she ever oh, has fighting. So um, I buy that. It doesn't seem like she's in a rush to hop back in or do that thing, you know? Yeah, um, I like that call out though. And I mean, which champ does she have to eventually go through? Is Whaley? Yeah. Okay. I mean, granted, she's she's a rising prospect. Everything Mark said is deserved. Um, but just something I watch when I think of future. Champ, she leaves a lot of those hooks really reaching and really extending. And I was like, I mean, she's still green, but yeah. anyone with a counter punch, you they'll find a home on you. So um, let's not skyrocket her to the moon just yet. But I mean, it's what you want to see out of prospect. You want them to crush the cans. She wants to be a champion, the youngest champion ever. She's got two years to beat John Jones. So we'll see. Um, real quick, a uh, Wei Lee update before we move on. Uh, I got two pieces of business for you in the Wei Lee news, or three pieces of business. Wei Lee got her visa because she got help from uh, Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. And then, related news, she trained with Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. I saw that on the news today, um, which I, d I don't need this much MMA for my presidential candidates. I saw, like, Yang hanging out with, like, uh, Leslie Smith. I don't, I don't need these two worlds to come together. Just me personally. And then third piece of business, uh, Stefan, she said she does not think she should fight Joanna Champion because she thinks Joanna Champion has nothing left, which I think she has to fight Joanna Champion. I agree. Joanna has nothing left. She uh, smoked an over or over uh, overmatched Adam weight. Like she couldn't even finish this Adam weight in her last fight. Uh, I was going to say... I was not impressed at all by her last and performance, Bobby. I'm just saying that's who she should have to fight. If she's not going to fight her, she fights Titiana Suarez. She should fight Rose, because that's who she wants to fight. And Rose should get the title shot, but Rose doesn't seem like she wants to fight. Yeah, fighting just seems like... A lot of people don't want to fight anymore. Kane's in WWF and shit. Like, it's... It's not Tyson Fury's in WBF. What's this... Why fight when it's real? Fighting is a dumb profession, Bobby. It's a dumb profession. Um, there's a whole bunch of fights we're going to talk about. Let's just get the UFC out of the way because I want to talk about this Bellator nonsense because I still don't get the strategy. UFC is in Singapore. Um, I've l closed the card, so someone tell me where in Singapore they are. Um, Bobby, Singapore is Singapore. It's just, yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> yeah. do you know the capital cities? <laughs> you book it a fight? It's just like a single island, Bobby. Okay. There's not, I would like to, there's just, Singapore. I just want to say, I would like to go to Singapore if anybody wants to send us out there. That's a thing. Be something we can Trader Joe's. Can we get your sponsorship for Singapore trip? What man? If we got a Trader Joe's, the perfect franchise location for them. Man, if we got a Trader Joe's sponsorship, I would just lead with that. What do you do? Fuck what I do on the side. I got a Trader Joe's not a sponsored podcast. Um. Yeah. Okay. The UFC is in Singapore. This. Let's go with Saturday for us. Probably it's Saturday morning, so I think it might be saturday night for them i don't know time's uh, weird. time is weird indeed ufc is gonna be in uh singapore at the singapore indoor stadium um the main card starts at 5 a.m pacific time which is fine because i'm gonna wake up around seven and watch the main event um damian maya ben Askren. um i'm excited for this to say the least um there's only one person for you to pick, Bobby, and it better I, be correct. Yeah, I'm picking Damian Maya, but what's the betting odds? Um, somehow, Funky Ben Askren is the favorite at minus 185 to uh, plus 160 Damian Maya. The fact that this is not a perfectly even betting line offends me. 
I think it's the fact that Damian Maya moves like he's 152 years old now. Um, I like Damian Maya so much. I like Ben Askren too. It seems like Ben Askren got all the comeuppance of all of his years of shit talking in one flying knee followed by a bunch of unnecessary shots. But um, he said it himself in the um, some of the lead up to this fight I saw. He's like, I just got to get a win. Um, and uh, fighting a guy who's got a 0% chance of throwing a flying knee is probably going to help him there. Don't you um, want him to? Shouldn't that be exactly the first thing Damian Maya does, just to keep him honest? Look, real talk. Jake Shields fought Damian Maya a couple years ago. It was 25 minutes of Jake Shields being on top of Damian Maya. No one enjoyed it except me. Um, I'm looking for the same experience here, folks. The same experience. I want 25 minutes of Damian Maya trying to tap out Ben Askren. All right? Um, I'm picking Damian Maya, so I guess it means I think it's going to happen. Um, Mike's not here. He's picking Dan, Dan, Ben Askren. I might be alone on this island, I'm assuming. But, Mark, you're my hope here, man. Come on. <laughs> um, sorry, Bobby. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going with, with Ben, but I, I think it is a compelling fight, and it is going to be a competitive fight. And I I think with Ben, all his fights really kind of – it all comes down to one thing. Can he take the guy down or not? I think if he can take Damian Maya down, I think he's good enough in the top game, kind of like Jake Shield was, where I don't think Maya's going to be able to catch him with a submission off his back. I think it's totally possible. I mean, if he sits on the guard, you know, I, I just, Maya has always seemed like a much better top side jujitsu practitioner than bottom. And, you know, I think it all has to come down to, can Ben get in and get the takedown and get him down those first couple rounds and, you know, pepper him with his shots as he's advancing and try to tire Damian Maya out. Because if Maya can stop the takedown and, you know, turn this into a very lackluster kickboxing match, I kind of give him the edge. Marcus, when you say Damian Maya more of a top uh, jujitsu guy, do you mean as far as M- as far as MMA game, or do you? I never watched any of his lot of jujitsu. Yeah, general. I mean, I haven't either. So yeah, I mean, it, for, mostly I'm baking that on the Jake Shields fight, right? Jake Shields was able to take him down. Maya had to work on the bottom. He wasn't able to catch Shield. He and won it, two rounds. I mean, I didn't really watch the fight. So I'm I just saying. You. But um, and, and and these aren't you know accurate things to say. Like, but I consider Ben Askren, Jake Shields, Damian Maya. These are all like top level guys. So if he wasn't able to get Jake. I'm kind of thinking like, oh, he's probably not going to be able to get Ben. That can be completely inaccurate because Jake Shields was more of a jujitsu practitioner than Ben is. He's more of a wrestler type. But I, I think you know the way that Ben just constantly moves and punches and just doesn't let the guys rest. I think he's a terror for anyone that he can get to the ground. But I mean, you say Damian Maya is not one to throw flying knees. If he hasn't been training knees and flying knees this whole training camp, I don't know what if he's learned anything from uh, Ben Askren's last fight. But I don't know. I think it's compelling. I think it it has the potential to be really interesting, and it could also be like the worst fucking fight, right? If this is just sloppy kickboxing for five, that would hours, that would piss me off so much, man. I yeah. really don't want that. Um, Damian Maya has been finished one time ever, and we all know when that was. Um, if Mike was here, he'd make fun of me. But how much I hyped up Damian Maya before that happened. Poor Nate Mar. Poor Damian Maya got punched by Nate Marquardt. Uh, Steph, um, man, Damian, one of the judges gave that fight to Damian Maya. Um, yeah, Mark making a good point. Damian Maya really being more of a top game jujitsu guy in MMA. I mean, is this just an opportunity for Damian Maya to do that thing where he just grabs a guy because he's bigger than him, puts him on the ground, and chokes him? I mean, I, I don't see that happening uh, <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, and it might be interesting, but uh, I, I agree with you, Bobby. It's going to be 25 minutes, um, but as opposed to uh, Damian Maya chasing the the sub, which he might do from the bottom, uh, it's going to be 25 minutes of Ben Askren doing the safety dance. This is a control top-heavy match. Um, that's what will keep it interesting, 
right? The worst, like uh, Mark said, the worst case scenario is this turns into a really poor uh, stand-up fight. And uh, it's sad to say this is the one guy that Damian Maya has better stand-up than in the UFC, most likely. But um, I think he'll be able to get the takedown, and I, I think he'll he'll just ride control. He'll stay active with pitter-patter punches. I absolutely do not expect a finish of any kind from anybody in this fight. I think it'd be interesting if Damian tried to take him down. Not that he's going to be able to succeed at it, but no one's really done that. No one's really tried to do that, really. Um, but we'll see. Um, Marcus, I think it'd be almost more interesting if we gave, like, you'd want someone to face Ben Askren that's more like like a Tony Ferguson or like a Diaz brother on the ground, right? Someone who's a real active guard, really. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, I mean, I think I think Ben on the ground is just interesting in general. And, I mean, I think someone that has a really strong jujitsu game, you know, could potentially – you know, make things difficult, but they also, you know, like we've seen with Nate with good wrestlers, that he throws his legs up and it kind of gives you opportunities to advance position, which is what Ben is extremely good at. So I feel like he would even tear those guys up. You think like, I mean, really to beat Ben Askren, Jorge wrote the book and told everyone how to do it. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's if Maya could replicate that. I don't know if Ben Askren is going to be diving I mean, in anytime someone jumps now, but it's standing up is the way you win and it's just it's not maya's bread and butter but you know bob i think you're right like if he shoots on ben is somehow gets on top like that's I it assume As- <laughs> ben Askren's <laughs> bottom game is probably pure I, 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 I think we're done i think we're done at that point um in fairness nobody uh in the zip code of damian maya is on the list of people ben Askren has taken down the only exception that i guess would be shinya yoki but shinya yoki weighs about 155 pounds soaking wet so um we'll see um i'm really excited actually for this um did i uh mike's picking ben Askren. you guys uh steph did i i mean you're picking ben Askren. does anybody am i alone here guys yes that's true um, is your guy bob you can make some make some ground here bob ah dude i'm still i'm like two behind everybody now um michael johnson versus stevie ray which I thought is the co-main event, but if you ask Wikipedia, the co-main event is TBD versus TBD. I was like, e- e- what match? That has changed. The next five days. And that's changed since I like put the, right. the picks up yeah. in our group chat like this morning. Um, I got Michael Johnson, but I don't know what the betting line is. Steph, what's the betting line? Uh, Pretty ridiculous. It's uh Michael Johnson at minus 345. Does anyone like Michael Johnson as a three and a half favorite over anybody? I've seen this man lose many times. His you know record it is, is man? very close to 500. Uh, Stevie Ray is one of these guys who's been on these, like, I don't think they let him fight in the U.S. Um, and, uh, you gotta win shit like this, man. And he just wins one, loses one, wins one, loses one. You gotta win just, you gotta, if he wins this fight, maybe let him fight in the United States. I do like that one of his nicknames, all of his nicknames on Wikipedia, really, uh, are interesting. We got Stevie Braveheart Ray. We got Stevie fucking Ray. We got Stevie the Wee Doug Ray. And then we got Stevie, the Black Quacker, Ray, which if that's some sort of racial slur, I'm going to apologize to anybody who are offended right now. I will will (laughs) say that he's Scottish, if you don't know who he is. Yeah, he's from Scotland, so it's not like they're doing him a disservice by not going to the States. I think they're making it easy on him by always doing the European cards or whatever. I mean, they're sending him to fucking Singapore, so. True. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not going that well. Um, You guys all got Michael Johnson? Or do you guys got a reason to give us not not pick Michael Johnson? Any of you? I'm picking Michael Johnson if everyone's picking Michael Johnson, but if anyone has the courage to pick Stevie Ray, I'll join him. I, I think Mike's joining with Michael Johnson. I got Michael Johnson. Mark? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I we're all picking Michael Johnson. I, I don't feel like making a stance with this fight is all yeah. I'm saying. 
I mean, I'm either I mean, making it even or I'm making it one-sided. This is not the hill you're die god, you're saying, basically. Yeah, I mean, Michael Johnson is a guy that I'm pretty comfortable picking against, but you just, like you mentioned, Bobby, you look at Stevie Ray, what he's done in the UFC, and it's like, he's got some, he has some good wins. He has Ross Pearson and Joe Lozon, and then he has a bunch of guys I'm not familiar with, and he lost, and I'm like, I can't go with this. But, but look at this. Singapore is also an insanely humid jungle, and Michael Johnson gasses out all the damn time. He's... He's very going to be very sweaty and very tired. He could lose this fight just like he could lose every single fight he's in. I got it in my head also that they sent Michael Johnson to a lot of places. Like, I feel I've seen Michael Johnson fight at a lot of weird fucking times. He fights a lot. This dude is really active for, you know, just... How many fights do we got now for Michael Johnson? Michael Johnson got 33 pro fights. And he's been in the UFC since he had 12 pro fights. Okay. Yeah, Michael Johnson's fought in Canada. He's fought in fucking... Brazil, he's fought in England, Sweden. They said Michael Johnson places, man. He's um, getting those miles. Aranda Marcos lost her last fight, Stefan. What does that mean she's going to do in this one? Oh, she's going to eke out a decision. That's right. Um, Alexander, uh, Alexandra Allblue, uh, somebody that uh, had a little bit of hype like years ago for someone who was three and who was one and oh when she signed with the UFC. She lost her last fight in a minute. So she should probably win this one. Um, she's also a currently student at the Academy of Intellectual Property, according to Wikipedia. No, that was a university, but okay. And her nickname Stitch comes from the fictional character Stitch from the movie Lilo and Stitch. I could have guessed that. Fair or enough. she has uh, a lot of stitches. I was going to say, that's what I would have got with the, with the prize fighter. Um, all right. So Bellator's got this thing they're doing where they got two fight cards in the same place on back-to-back days. And I swear to God, I say this all the time. And we're yet to come up with an answer. Why? Why are we doing this? What is the logic that like the cage is already there? Like we don't have to pay for transportation. Like, are I, what, I have no idea. I would love to get an answer to that question. What <laughs> channel is either of these on? Let me ask that question too. And you know what? Gamblers are degenerates. Gamblers are degenerate people. It's just a fact. I am one of them. But uh, the, the, those degenerate gamblers, they're only acknowledging that one of these events is happening. And they're only acknowledging that one fight is happening between the two of these events. Um, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't know if you can watch them. It doesn't say on Wookiee. Yeah, yeah, can I watch either of these fights? Or... <laughs> Are you sure it's Wait, on that DAZN membership it's that you got to do so much? <laughs> Man, when Mike gets auto-renewed for DAZN, I am not paying him that share. <laughs> That is his all his at that point. You know how uh, podcasts, um, they just try to do their ads and sponsorships like in the free flow, right? They don't actually cut. So uh, whenever Bill Simmons has to talk about uh, over on the ringer, when he has to talk about the DAZN sponsorship, uh, when he says watch Bellator and uh, high level famous fighters such as Michael Venom Page, you can hear the confusion in every Bellator name that he reads. And I have never heard of any of these guys. Um, let's talk about some of these fights, though. So some interesting shit. Let's start with the Friday card, which Mark says Kevin Ferguson Jr. is on, and he's not on MMA Junkie, so I'm going to take Mark's word for it. Uh, Frank Mir and Roy Nelson, they're going to run this one back, brother. Exactly. Yeah, they, they fought before, but I don't remember what happened or who won. Really? I'm going to guess Frank Mir by boring decision. All right. But they grappled like 20 years ago, and Roy Nelson won that. Um... Yeah, that's happening. Are you guys sure Ste- you don't want to pick Roy Nelson? He's not going to write this shit finally? Steph, real question. Phil Davis is fighting a guy named Carl Al- Albrechtson? Do we know who that is? No. 
No, we uh, we don't know who Phil Davis is. Okay. Uh, Ed Ruth, we know him. Apparently he got a loss somewhere in there, taking on a guy named Jason Jackson. Marcus, real talk, Beck Rawling is back in a real fighting league, not in bare knuckle. Yeah, that's cool. I'm for it. Is she really seven and eight? Sure. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> um, now, this is really, I think in terms of relevance, to a man's career, Jake Hager can't lose this fight, Stefan. Jake Hager is part of a new faction. He's the heavy. He's the heater. He's supposed to be the tough guy. Um, allegedly, uh, they want to do Jake Hager versus Fedor. If if Fedor if uh, Chris Jericho knows what he's talking about. Um, anyway, yeah, Jake Hager's uh, wrestling again, um, but he hasn't wrestled, you know, yet. He's just shown up and beat some people up. Taking on a guy named Anthony Garrett. Um, what do you guys guess? Fat guy, not fat guy. I'm guessing no Wikipedia page. Um, it's let's, definitely a squash match. Let's go to Share Dog. It's definitely a squash match. Yeah, he's not. He has no picture, okay. but he's six five, two hundred sixty three pounds, and he's from the Title Boxing Club, which means America, all American Jake Hager should have a real problem getting him to the ground. Uh, Mark, who's uh, Kevin Ferguson Jr. fighting? Uh, Craig Campbell, which sounds kind of familiar, but no Wikipedia page, so I really don't know. Yeah, there we go. Fair he enough. Uh, he lost his last fight, so he's coming back to you know right the ship. So yeah, I mean this card is not bad. It, it, no, it is. It well, it's it's Bellator good. It's like I know a person in each of these fights. That's a pretty big win for Bellator for me. If it, I mean, most cards is like I know the main event and the co-main. I'll know one guy, and then there's three fights. I have no idea who these people are. This isn't bad as far as Bellator goes for me personally. Let's say this: it's not. The fights aren't necessarily good, but we know the people in the I fights. People. So it's like, I know the name of this person. I have some familiarity with them. I'm a little bit more invested than two names I have no idea. Is Honestly, Bailey Slice fighting for the organization that killed his dad? Yes. Stefan, taking right. it to the darkest place possible, but speaking all, right. all facts. All facts. All, all right. that is the truth. Right. You know, there's a lot of uncomfortable things coming up in the world. Just one more. Just um, This card on Saturday, though, they got going on. Um, this fight, this main event is, uh, this is a serious fight at welterweight, uh, Rory McDonald, Douglas Lima, um, the two best welterweights, not in the UFC, probably if I'm going to guess, I don't know where else they are. Um, and, uh, they fought back in Bellator 192 last January, uh, with, uh, Rory McDonald taking a decision victory in that one, uh, 49-46, 49-45, 48-47. I think the world of Douglas Lima, and I still don't think he's going to win this because I don't necessarily buy this shit that Rory has got a foot out the door yet. I don't think that's happening yet. And this is for his belt, and this is for the tournament final. I think Rory's probably going to get the win here. I mean, Steph, we all talk about how much he left in the cage that night back in... Uh, 2014, maybe 15. Um, what do you think though? You think Rory's got enough to get this done again? Um, I mean, these are kind of our unofficial picks. Yeah. So like, if I'm just actually thinking what's going to happen, I kind of think uh, the tide is turning a little bit. Lima's been better in recent performances. Unfortunately, like, it's not totally his fault because he took on he, you know, he 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 bit too big piece of a pie. Uh, Rory that is in Bellator like he hasn't looked that impressive in Bellator to me but part of it is that um is that Musasi matchup 
in which he was severely undersized, you know, so of course, uh, granted, he looked really bad in that, but um, yeah, just something about Bellator Rory hasn't looked, he hasn't looked like the future champion that we thought he was in the UFC, so it just makes me inclined to doubt him more. I, I'm honestly not paying enough attention to know if he's close to retirement at this point. Um, I know but, he found Jesus, and it's not that doesn't help a lot of times. Well, just putting it you know, yeah, I got Lima. I got Lima. I don't know why. I just the tide is turning against Rory in my heart. Um, Marcus, we were at that one, right? When Gegard booked his ass. Uh, when Gegard beat Rory. Yeah, then he beat his ass pretty badly. Weren't we there? I don't think so. I thought that was when Quentin beat up. Um, Maybe it was. Vanderlei. Um, Saad Awad, Paul Daly seems like a real opportunity for Paul Daly to knock somebody out. As much as I like Saad Awad. Yeah, no, um, I mean, just because I want to give my two cents now. Um, oh, sorry. I, I, good about, about Rory, just real quick, because I know we already talked about it, but um, I, the last Doug Leo fight, I think that was another fight that, I mean, he won, but I think that took a lot of mileage off him. That was a really tough fight. If you remember that fight, Rory said, like, that was the toughest fight, and I don't think it really was. I mean, I think I think you go back to the Robbie fight, and that was probably the toughest fight of his career, but he basically said Doug, Douglas Lima was, the you know, one of the toughest fights he's ever had. And then, you know, right after that, I think he fought uh, he fought Gegard after that lost, and then he fought John Fitch and he drew, and he did beat uh, Nyman Gracie, which you know, I'm not super familiar with him. So I, I think it's fair to you know question a little bit, you know, just how much is left in the tank after all of these wars. Um, I'm still going with Rory too, but um, I, I think Doug, Douglas Lima, um, you know, since he's lost, he's come off two really great wins and one of them beating Venom Page. So, um, yeah, I, I think... Oh, he killed Venom Page. Yeah, I, I think this is a fight that he potentially could steal away from Rory. I think skill-wise, Rory's the better fighter, but, you know, th- the mileage, I think, might be wearing on him. But who knows? Uh, Paul Daly and Sadawad, I you think it's going to be a great match, and we've seen a couple Paul Daly matches where, like, there's no way this can't be good. They're going to strike with each other, and Paul Daly tries to wrestle and ends up losing the fight anyways. Um, so I hope they stand and we get that kind of stand-up war because I think that's what Sada Wad wants as well. Even though didn't Saad just get knocked out in his last fight? It wasn't that fight recent too. Am yeah, I- wasn't that also a catchweight? What is this 175 pound catchweight shit? Didn't he just get knocked out by like Pico or something? No, he just lost. Okay, he lost to uh, Yamauchi. Okay, yeah. it wasn't. Okay, I was thinking of someone else, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, stylistically, they match up really well, so you expect fireworks, but I've gotten that song and dance with Paul Daly before with Venom Page, and it didn't really work out. So I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, hoping for the best, but not not getting my hopes up too high. Um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, this Patrick uh, Mix guy is 11-0 and, and 26 years old. One of those guys uh, might want to keep an eye on. Uh, he's on this card. Um there was somebody else I thought it was pretty good on this, and I lost my train of thought. God damn it. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have a heavyweight oh, fight against Vitaly Nick Newell. And Nick Newell's on the card. So, I mean, yeah. it, it's a, this is, of the two cards, I think this one is much better, obviously, of a title fight, you know, and a great co-main. And there's some good stuff on, you know, the undercard of the main card that's pretty good. Um, but honestly, for two Bellator cards back-to-back, not, I mean, they put on a lot worse shows than these two. So, um, you know, I, I'm vaguely interested to watch a handful of these um, come Friday and Saturday. I think this is Lance Gibson's kids fighting. Do you remember Lance Gibson? He was Quentin's kickboxing coach for a while, the journeyman guy. Oh, sure. Yeah, I do. I didn't know he was old enough to have a kid that's 33 years old. But, yeah, he's 48, so got it in early. Um, his car, his, his uh, kid's fighting on this card. Um, we never talked about Quentin fighting Fedor, but that's happening. 
Yeah, I mean, you were just mentioning Jack Hager fighting Fedor, and I was like, well, I kind of booked Rampage. Yeah. How many more Fedor fights he's got left in him, but... As many as Scott Coker can squeeze out of the guy. Um, yeah, this isn't bad. I would... I just want to put this out there, and, um... Steph, I know we have, a, like, a lot of fun with Bellator, but we got two guys here, and it's, I think about Douglas Lima, and I think about Andre Koreshkov, where they're gonna maybe end their careers never going to the UFC, and... The whole time being top 10 welterweights with getting not a lot of notoriety because they're both excellent fighters. I kind of, you know, kind of wish to get more attention sometimes. I mean, back when we used to do our rankings, Bobby, that's why we call it the Bellator Ch- Champion 7 slot. They are the number seven of the top 10 welterweights in the world if you are the Bellator champion. And both of them, um, Ben, uh, ben Astrin got both of them, though both of them when they're pretty young. Not to say that they'd win now necessarily, but I'd pick him to lose. To both of them. Um, we'll see uh, what they... I just don't like this two-card shit, guys. I don't... I, I really want, like... There's these weeks where the UFC's got a card on, like, a Friday, like, last week. That seems like a real opportunity for, like, that Saturday, Bellator to be like, Hey, man, here's our fucking guys. You know what I mean, Mark? Like, well, I mean, I do, but it's like, would you watch anyways? I don't... <laughs> I mean, I get your argument. I mean, they, I mean we if, used to. If, I don't if, think it's really making, like, much of a difference, because I don't think we'd... I think their problems are bigger than just doing better counter-programming with the UFC. I think it's a larger issue they need to rectify with getting more promotion, you know, really making these stars, you know, shine a little bit brighter, having cards that are consistently of quality instead of this kind of hodgepodge. I think having... I mean, I'm not even against these two cards in a row, because it's like... Uh, I mean, for me, it's just like... There's going to be a lot of fights. There's a lot of people on this card that I'm vaguely interested in. So I'll be totally excited to see the highlight video the next day on the on Zone YouTube channel to see who won and, you know, catch a nine-minute video instead of wasting, you know, three hours. So, I mean, it, for me, it's not like a big... I mean, at this at this point, I'm not invested in Bellator. It's like I'm really rooting for them to really make some changes and be more successful. They're going to do what they're going to do and all absorb the things I want to absorb, and that's kind of it. I mean, are, are they winning me over... I, I, I'm intrigued by these fights, and I definitely want to see the outcome I mean, of them, but I'm not going to search them out. Oh, I just think, like, if they, like, took, like, I mean, look, I want to see this main event with Rory and Douglas Lima. I might, if it's on the zone, I'm going to try. But I'll be honest. Look, look at this. Maybe they are counter-programming because UFC is going to be on at well, in the fucking morning. That's not when Bellator is. Well, I mean, I feel the co-main event should be, like, what if, what the fuck is Michael Chandler up to? Like, do the tent pole shit. I thought that was the whole point of this thing. Yeah, they, they haven't really... I mean, this is the tournament. They've been doing the tournament stuff for a while, so this is the climax of that. But I think a lot of that stuff, I've kind of gotten lost in the narrative. Like, I'm having a hard time remembering, you know, what tournament are we in? And Rory is defending the belt every tournament fight, and he also fought Gegard in the middle of it. It's very cumbersome and kind of weird, but I my finger's just not on the pulse anymore. You know, we, 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 we talk about Bellator every now and then when a big one comes up, and... I think you're right, Bobby. They haven't, they kind of shied away from like, oh, we're going to blow up this event, three title fights, get everyone, you know, you know, get everyone excited for it. It's just like, yeah, we're putting on two cards randomly and the splattering of matchups is, isn't half bad, but it's not really, you know, moving, shaking the world. So I don't know. Anything else on these cards before we move on? No, not that I see. Um, Robin Van Roosmalen's going to fight? Really? Is that someone we should be aware of? Yeah, he's the glory guy. Okay, but, that makes sense. They like, do Bellator kick. They do Bellator kickboxing too, and I never know when that shit goes on. No, like he's gonna fight. Like I don't know, Robin Run Loose Mullins doing MMA. He's really good. Like, well, that could be cool. It's on the prelim card, so who knows if you can see that? Probably on the- uh, 
Yeah, god damn it. Bellator.com. Um All right, um let's do stuff we like. Um I'm going to go first. Um and I'm going to use this opportunity to talk about how much I enjoyed the Wednesday night wrestling this past week. And Stefan, if you saw any of it, please chime in. If not, I'm just going to talk about what I liked. Um I've really enjoyed AEW and I've enjoyed NXT these weeks they've been on head to head. Um I would I like the general storytelling AEW's got going on. NXT's had some really good matches. This past week, I um, thought the SCU versus um, Best Friends match was cool. That thing where the Lucha Brothers beating the shit out of um, Christopher Daniels beforehand was really cool. Um, it was a good night in general for Lucha Brothers because I thought them beating the shit out of Marco Stunt was really entertaining. Uh, Marcus, I know you don't watch these shows, but they do this thing now a lot of times where they go to commercial and then still have the wrestling in the corner of the screen. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Marco Stunt, but he's five foot two and he looks like he's 12 years old. So they were having an insurance commercial while in the corner of the screen, I'm just watching this five foot two man get murdered by these two luchadors, just getting the shit kicked out of him. I felt the insurance company probably didn't pay for that. Necessarily. <laughs> when you say that someone's getting murdered by two luchadors, it almost seems like an impossibility. I just see like a bunch of little guys flipping around, jumping on some other guys. Just like brutality and luchadors just don't mix for me. It's just like, uh, these two guys are flipping around. They do a lot of these uh, package pile drivers. Okay. So, okay. It's, it's very, it's the new age cradle pile driver, except they, you know, smoked a bunch of guys with them. Um, Riho and Brick Baker was, uh, was all right. Um, Brit Riho, uh, reading about how Riho, whenever Riho's on TV, the rating spike makes you just impressed with the fact that the WWE can't do anything with Asuka or Kairi Sane, considering like those two were much better wrestlers in stardom than Riho is. I love Pac. I like John Moxley. That was all fun and games. And uh, Darby Allen's awesome. Look up Darby Allen. Watch him skateboard on top of people. He's like four foot five, and he made Chris Jericho look like a giant ogre. But it was a really fun match, and I never seen a guy get his hand get handcuffed behind his back and then dive to the outside. That was really cool. Uh, and uh, on NXT, it was nice to see Champa back. And they need to give the guys who hang out with Walter different music, Steph, because if Walter's not going to come out after that music, it's real disappointing. Um, yeah, that was really all I got. Cool. That was, I mean, I don't know, Steph, you saw any of it, but... I watched SmackDown, um, because oh, Fox, Bobby, I watched... Stephon, the, I watched Stephon's the going with the stuff shit. we don't like. <laughs> I watched the uh, Channel 2, the big money contract shit. Um, who am I going to tell you? I, I, you know, I'm kind of out on AEW. Like, it just... It was interesting when they were new, and it's not because anything they're doing is bad. I'm just not as in to, like, pro wrestling in That's that level. It's kind of just what it is for me. Because, like... I can tell that what they're doing is different, and I can tell for a lot of people it's what they've missed about pro wrestling, but what they're doing isn't really catching me either is kind of the thing. Um, it's kind of like, it's why, it's like I don't even watch NXT that much. I watch the takeovers. I, I can watch the culmination of whatever these month-long story arcs they're building to, and then I can appreciate the seven false finish, like, you know, 20-minute, 20 20-25-minute 20, match that they're inevitably going to get out of it. Um but yeah, in terms of the week-to-week stuff, it's kind of whatever. I'm just curious with SmackDown, just due to, like... It's it's a weird kind of, like... I, I watch it as, like, a science experiment, if that makes sense. 
like I see all the integration of like Joe Buck and Aikman and Al Roker. And it's just like, I see how cringy it all is. And it's not that I'm enjoying it. I'm just like seeing like, I just want to see how bad this can get. Like, oh, can we talk about the draft rooms? Meme worthy material of like stuff coming out of this. Can we talk about the draft rooms real quickly? Oh, yeah. Because Mark, the Fox draft room had the robot. And the robot oh. was high fiving and football oh, robot. They yeah, had like a war, robot. They, they had a war room, like there was like a draft, and they were excited to draft, and they celebrated drafting these bum ass people like they'd won the Super Bowl. It was almost like they're doing a parody. It was it was that bad. And then when they didn't get someone, they would throw their papers and discuss, yeah. like, oh no, how did we not draft this guy that hasn't been on TV in four months? Like, yeah, it's just like it's just, it wasn't good. But that's you said, honestly SmackDown had one thing that I really liked in all the wrestling, and that is Drew Gulak doing his PowerPoint presentations. Drew Gulak is the guy I thought Mark would like, and if Mark gave a shit about press, I still I still stand by he would because the whole premise was so uh, they got that big guy Braun Strowman. Mark, he's gonna fight Tyson Fury, the boxer, and uh, Drew Catch Wrestling. Drew Gulak comes out there with a PowerPoint pre- presentation about how he is the preeminent like combat sports scholar in pro wrestling. So he made a 350 slide presentation on how Braun Strowman can defeat Tyson Fury. And I'm like a lot of Jericho in his list of moves. So that's, that's a good gimmick. I like that. No, I mean, honestly, man, Drew Gold, like remember when like we used to make creator wrestlers in N64 and your guy didn't throw punches and it was a lot of just holds and shit. I mean, catch wrestling. Yeah. Drew, Drew, I mean, Drew Gulak literally does like the catch wrestling, like, there's like a handshake or whatever. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. I like his uh, uh, finisher name. It's the goo lock. Yeah. It's a dragon sleeper with hooks in. Okay. No one thought to do that. <laughs> and Emma, and a wrestling. I think those stuff. guys have done it before, Bob. I think I've seen it in Fire Pro, so some Japanese guy did it. But Oh, real quick. Shout out to Ken Shamrock at age like 752. Apparently, it was a good match. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch uh, Impact. Show to me, it looked cool. <laughs> Yeah, the part where he went over the top ropes and almost tombstone himself wasn't great, but uh, he took on this gentleman named Moose, who all I know about Moose is people like to like they like they act like they're doing the thing like when you're trying to signal for the truck driver to blow the horn, okay. you know, <laughs> you do that and he just goes Moose, Moose. All right, that's all I know about it, but I'm on board. But uh, him and Ken Shamrock, I heard it was a pretty good time and. Uh, if Ken doesn't want to get hit in the face for real, I'm all I'm all good for it. Yeah, I mean, my big takeaway is like this is a much better outlet for him. Even though the clip you showed me when he tried to put the ankle lock on, it looked like when he got down to his foot, he's like, "I need to take a breather for a second before I put on this fake submission hold and exert any energy." Did I did I send you the one where he did like a hurricane rana? Yeah, so the one yeah, he did a hurricane rana, his belly to belly, and the ankle lock, which I imagine that has to be the end of the match. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of else, a lot of moves to go back on. And then yeah. you had a clip of him doing the suicide dive, which, yeah, I mean, I would have felt more comfortable. Maybe he put his arms out there to kind of catch himself. But I would <laughs> more grateful if Moose caught him a little better. They kind of, Oh, and Ken took the term suicide dive live literally. Yeah, he got so. first. I mean, Moose did catch him and kind of broke that fall, but not as well as I would have liked, but it looked good, you know? And I mean, like that's, a much better avenue for Ken than, you know, getting into MMA fights where he's getting knocked silly. So exactly. Um, and then the big news, new Japan announced that they're going to start a United States subsidiary. So you guys can just say goodbye to ring of honor. Cause they are cease. They're going to cease to exist any minute now. Um, that's, uh, I say that because that's, they do a lot of talent swaps and ring of honor has exactly one person worth a damn right now. Stefan, <laughs> He had a good match against his stablemate that I saw in a 25-second Instagram video, and that is the perfect length 
of a pro wrestling match highlight for me. Yeah, you'll see Marty scroll in AEW any week now. Um, that was all I got this week. Marcus, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I got a lot of games. Uh, I mentioned a lot last week that I did not get to, unfortunately. Um, and this week, there's some heavy hitters coming out. Uh, probably, I mean, the biggest one is going to be on Friday. Uh, the 25th is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. They're kind of rebooting the franchise. And, you know, I'm not a huge Call of Duty guy, but when I was looking through my um, my little game collection, I was like, you know what? It does seem like I only buy the Modern Warfare ones and to be fair, I'm actually pretty interested in this game. It looks like they are using a new engine. They're touting, you know, um, much better visuals and much better sound design than they have before. Talking about like, oh, look how weird this gun sounds when you shoot it in the open versus when you shoot it next to a school bus or next to a wall and how the sounds like kind of reverberate off the environment. Um, and they're really very excited about they have like true night vision this year or something. And they have some interesting multiplayer modes I'm kind of vaguely intrigued in like one is that it's pitch black and everyone has to use night vision and i guess kind of one of the little um game mechanics is i mean obviously you can see people with night vision but when you aim down the sights people that have lasers on their guns you actually see the lasers so it kind of identifies uh people like where they are by if they're aiming down the sights or not so that stuff seems cool um the games i'm actually mostly excited for that same day um this game called the outer worlds not to be confused with the outer wilds is coming out and this is actually from, um, uh, I can't remember the developer's name, Obsidian. Um, Obsidian Games, and these are the devs that did the first South Park Stick of Truth game, but probably most notably and most directly related to this game, they also did the Fallout New Vegas game, which is has a lot of fanfare. Um, you know, it was very well received when it came out many years ago. And this game is much in the line of a Fallout game, um, where you're basically kind of going to different planets. It has a very fun sense of humor. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to uh, be pretty good. And we don't know the review scores right now. But when you're listening to this, they actually go up tomorrow, I think at like 6am. So we'll see, you know, just how well, um, you know, the critics received it. And then lastly, there is a kind of indie game coming out on PS4 called Lonely Mountains. And this one's kind of cool. I've had my eye on this one for a while. But you're basically just playing it has a very simplistic art style kind of reminiscent of low poly. Um, PlayStation 1 games, but you kind of just dirt bike down a mountain, and it kind of has this isometric view, and I don't I just always like the uh, the art style, and it just seems kind of serene and chill just kind of like dirt bike down a giant mountain. So that's Lonely Mountains, uh, The Outer uh, Worlds, and uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So we're kind of in the thick of the fall releases, and there's uh, good stuff coming out just about every week now. So yeah, I'll keep posted. Stefan, what do you got? You know, if they honestly just re-released the original Modern Warfare with all the imbalanced guns and just gave it server-like activity, I'd, I'd, I'd probably buy it. You can buy it. <laughs> no, it wasn't the same. There were a lot of modifications and rebalancing that people complained about. I want the broken one with the javelin glitch and the overpowered shotgun, which one-shotted everyone. Javelin, I think, was two. I don't know if they had javelins in the first one, but I could be mistaken. But uh, I like, I'm just saying, I enjoyed broken three, Xbox 360 era uh, Modern Warfares. Um, this week, uh, not too much new. Um, the two animes that I'm into rolled along with their second episodes. Uh, My Hero, after a recap um, season premiere, they finally introduced the big baddie of the season um, to explosive results. Um, very cool power set. Uh, he wears the uh, mask that uh, Marty Skrull wears, Bobby. The uh, kind of penguin plague doctor mask. Um, okay. Yeah, no, it's just it's a it's a good look. It's a good look. I, that's why they're the villains ink and all that. It's it's a good villainy look. 
Um, that was fun. Uh, and today I saw a movie. I saw Zombieland 2. Um, absolutely adore the first one. Uh, the first one deserves its spot in like satire hall of fames. Um, second one, very watchable. Um, a lot of the jokes are reaches. Um, like, I couldn't help but, like, there were stints in the movie where I was like, it's as if a baby boomer wrote a joke about what they thought millennials joke about, and that's, like, 40% of the movie's humor. And so there's a lot of stuff. It's not that it made me unhappy or bored. It's just kind of like, I'm quiet. I'm not really reacting. Like, it's watchable, but, uh, I mean, it's very up there in lists of sequels that don't need to exist at all. Um, but there are good moments, um, and there's a great uh, mid credit scene, and that's all I'll say for it. Um, is it worth your money? Uh, a matinee, yes. It is worth a matinee viewing. Or when it comes to your local streaming services in three months' time. All right. Um, I think that's it. Um, be back next week. And let me. I'm just going to call this out there right now. I bet next week... When Sanchez is here, and when I say, did you watch the Watchmen pilot or any of Watchmen yet? Mike will say he has. He's the candidate for that. All right. Fair. Um, Real talk, though. You guys see any of the reviews for that? Um, My uh, brother texted me all about it this morning. So uh, for context, my brother, who is 12 years older than us, um, you know, it was his really formative years when Watchmen first came out. So as far as comics go, that's like that's the holy grail to him. Um, and he is giving the pilot very rave reviews. Yeah, um, just putting this out there. I want to say, if you have if you have the slightest interest in anything comic book, you should read Watchmen. It's incredible. It's one of the best graphic novels ever. And I'm not at all an authority, so grain of salt when I'm telling you that, but I fucking love it. This, mo- this TV show is in the universe, right? Except it's not, it's, you know, the same. My understanding same st- is it's semi-present day within the Watchmen universe. Like, all the events of the Watchmen comics are canon. That's what happened. Dr. Manhattan was there during the Vietnam War, but we're now in the modern day, and some of those heroes have died. Some of them still exist. So we're kind of, like, dealing in the world as it would have been after the events of Watchmen. And to be clear, the 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 comic is canon in this regard, not the movie. Yes, even though it's like shot in the same film, like Snyder Vision. But I'm, I'm really talking about one moment here. Is why I'm the ending. I don't want yeah, yeah, the end came. <laughs> like that's. I mean, it's not a self inflicted blow to the United States, right? That I'm trying to dance around a movie that's 15 years old. Doctor Manhattan didn't do it, right? In this fucking TV show, it was the monster, right? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. So I can't yeah. stuff. I'm assuming that the movie is not canon. <laughs> No idea. Probably not. Um, Lindelof, yeah, he spoke about the comics. I don't remember him referencing the movie. I'm going to check it out. I mean, I like The Watchmen quite a bit, quite frankly. Um, I, I will too. give I it a guess I would, too, maybe. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that just came out that I'm like, I'm interested in this. I don't know if I have time. I thought you canceled your uh, HBO. I don't have HBO. I never had it. I'm using my dad's login. I'm assuming he hasn't canceled it yet. Okay, then. Yeah, that's my only... Re- I Yeah. I got to watch Barry, too, while I'm logged in, huh, Steph? That's Barry true. is amazing. Chernobyl is about to win a bunch of awards, which I haven't watched. Man, I'm like and two I hear years a lot back of shit on about Secession. I hear a lot of things yes, about. I Secession. do too. I hear a lot of people like, it's so good, and I'm like, I don't even know what it's about. So it's about 
isn't it about some like patriarch dies and which of their kids are going to take I over? Mean, that's that's it's, it's it's family infighting over like inheritance of a business or something. So if you come from a dysfunctional family, apparently you'll love the hell out of this. Fair enough. Um, I still I'm still behind on fucking Westworld. Like I didn't watch any of the second season. I think they're on the third one now, right? It's that not out, but it's coming out, and it has uh, the uh, Breaking Bad guy that everyone's excited to see what he does. Uh, Aaron Paul. Yes, I was going to call him Jesse, but that's his character name. Anybody watched that movie yet? No, no. Yeah, the only review I got was it's a good time, but you didn't need they didn't need to do. This. I mean, it's like I was saying about Zombieland Two and the World of Unnecessary Sequels, like. I didn't need to go back to that universe, but yeah, fair yeah. enough. All right, boys and girls, we'll be back next week. We're going to see uh, if Damian Meyer or Ben Askren won the hopeful grappling match, hopefully a grappling match and not a kickboxing match. But if it is a kickboxing match, my pick's probably pretty safe. Um, we're going to see if any of these Bellator car fights bring any sort of consequence into our lives. We'll see if I actually watch that fight. I say I'm going to watch with uh, Douglas Lima and Roy McDonald. Um, and we'll see if anybody actually watched Watchmen. Um, that was it. I was Dr. Law. Kid Presentable was here. DJ Mark was here. Peace out. See ya. Cheers. Cheers.